Hello, everyone, and welcome to How to Chess. We are joined this week by a Romanian IM. He is also a fast-rising Twitch streamer, YouTuber, trainer, and acclaimed chessable author. Over the board, he was the 2018 Romanian National Champion, and I am pleased to welcome Alex Bonzia, International Master, to the show. Welcome, Alex. Well, thanks a lot for that, Ben. That was a lot of uh, kind words. I feel like you got the wrong guy, but I appreciate <laughs> that. So very happy to be here among so many successful chess players that I've been before. Well, you've got quite a list already for just a 22-year-old, so I'm happy to have you, Alex. And when we thought about this topic, the, the theme for this season, which is role models, um, you came to mind because you've been very vocal about your role models within your your chess course. Now, uh, Grandmaster Constantin Lupulescu is not, I mean, obviously he's been a top 100 player. Uh, serious chess fans know his name, top players know who he is, but he's not necessarily a household name in the chess world. Um, but you say he is the best Romanian chess player of all time. So what was your introduction to Constantine? Well, I mean, if we have to start uh, a little bit just to give you a quick introduction, uh, he was really the the person that had the biggest impact over my career overall. Even though I started working with him when I was already a FIDE master, so a lot of people may think that uh, the biggest jump that I had was uh, prior that, from like a beginner to like over 2300. But yeah, around the years, between uh, 10 to 15, I worked with uh, a lot of people here and there just trying to learn uh, a thing or two. Um, yeah, I mean, we have the saying in Romania that uh, you don't really have to learn a skill, but you need to steal the skill. Huh. So uh, the point of that is, uh, you know, like what your pain points are and how to express that while when you're working with a coach, he can show you the theory and this kind of standard ideas, but you need to be vocal about what makes you uncomfortable. So uh, that's basically what Constantine and I were able to do a lot around, uh, around these years. Because I worked with him for over uh, three, close to four years. And uh, yeah, you mentioned that I said is the best Romanian player. Um, well... How I got introduced to him, it's it's a pretty random story because uh, let's say when it comes to my situation, I was kind of like, uh, let's say, uh, people said I was a fun uh, kid to hang out with and I managed to uh, gather like a lot of connections uh, at that age of 15, just like traveling around tournaments. I wasn't necessarily like the strongest player of all time but for Romanian standards I was doing okay as a FIDE master at like 15 and uh, I had a guy that was also a grandmaster who kind of connected me to Constantine and at that point when I got the news that you know I was looking for a coach and he wants to coach me I was like wait a minute I've never talked before with a guy he's like the greatest Romanian player ever how is this possible that must be <laughs> I must be dreaming or something that was like kind of my first uh, reaction there, just on like how we got like introduced. <laughs> so were you, I mean, obviously you'd been hearing his name for many years as a fast growing, uh, you know, top young player in your country. So were you nervous in your first interactions with him once you finally got to work with him? Of course. I mean, you can think of it, uh, imagine when you have like your sort of first school crush. That's how I felt, uh, you know, like <laughs> going into this. I was like super nervous, excited and uh, yeah, very welcome for all. So, 
Yeah. But then it ended up, of course, being a fruitful relationship with, with, as you said, you guys working together for years. And as you dove into the chess, um, what sort of lessons did you gain from this uh, national chess legend? Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to really make a summary in like uh, a few minutes of work that happened uh, on a course of like uh, three to four, z- four years. So like just uh, as a reference point, uh, we started working when I was a FIDE master. However, I was a little bit inflated. So I got to 2300, but then I kind of had a bounce back to like 2200, stagnated there for a little while. And uh, well, actually I was stagnating before, I mean, between like 22, 2300 for like three years, despite I was training daily, traveling, playing tournaments, doing the same routine, working uh, with my coach. All becomes pretty frustrating at some point, but kind of like the breakthrough moment for me came in a month uh, where Basically, in three tournaments, I jumped from 2,300 to 2,425. And wow. that felt, it was a good month. Yeah. <laughs> that, that felt pretty good, definitely. So uh, I guess in the end, it, uh, it all paid off. But uh, I mean, everything from openings, uh, middle games, he showed me how top players work, how they're training. And on top of that, I am a very sort of uh, happy and lucky case because he wasn't only my coach, he was like, let's say, a best friend uh, for me. So uh, yeah, I was very lucky to get in touch with him. He helped me, uh, yeah, almost for free. I mean, uh, you know, if... uh, Obviously, everybody wants to become rich at some point and that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm more of a minimalist guy. I can like easily sleep on the floor. I don't really care about this kind of stuff. But uh, if I want to become rich at some point, I want, just want to drop by his house and be like, okay, dude, here's 10 grand. Be happy, do whatever. And just to pay back this people that helped me around the years. So <laughs> that's, that's nice kind to of hear yeah. about it. That, that's, a, that's a worthy goal for sure. And let me ask you, so you mentioned being stuck at a certain level for a couple of years. That's something I think a lot of people listening and watching can relate to. I certainly can. Um, so did you change your routine? And I'm also curious, obviously, Constantine, to get to his level, he's had his ups and downs as well, even for uh, top 100 grandmasters. It's not all glide path up. So I'm curious if if you remember any advice that he gave you during that challenging period that you mentioned, Alex. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it just comes to being a pretty solid player overall. And uh, this is not something that I was around the years. I had these ups and downs, not because I was doing everything perfectly, okay? I clearly did a lot of mistakes along the way. But what I can say from working with a professional, everything that they do at that level is calculated. If I ever come up uh, to Constantine and be like, oh, this is a rare move. This could maybe be interesting. What do you think of it? It'd be like, oh, already seen it, analyzed that. For these guys, there is like nothing new. I mean, maybe if you come up with like a novelty that has never been played before, it'd be like, oh, this is interesting. But everything that has been played before and it's actually interesting, I can tell you these guys are aware of. So uh, obviously, uh, yeah, for me, I wasn't really working this way because it's pretty overwhelming uh, job. And uh, hey, I'm, I wasn't like the perfect uh, kind of example. Still, out of like my situation, starting as a 10 years old, uh, more professionally, while most people do when they are like six, I did like kind of okay thinking that you kind of have a four years gap. Uh, and most people that make it to GM late um, do it while playing professional chess between 
age to 20 to like 24, kind of catching on to those four years that uh, let's say a lot of people get while being young. So uh, yeah, related to being stuck, you just have to be a professional, study, know your openings well. If you're stuck, you really probably uh, don't have all the pieces of the puzzle put together. And sure, it's a lot of things that comes to form as well. Um, you can't really have only good tournaments, although you could minimize uh, the losses. And uh, something that I found out about myself, I think this maybe has to do a lot with any individual, but whenever I used to hang out with uh, strong players, let's say myself, I mean, I was not the strong player, but... Uh, you Constantine, <laughs> I mean, Constantine, uh, some of his friends that were like very well-known Romanian GMs. When we used to hang out at tournaments, usually those tournaments, I clearly did the best. I was clearly overperforming. Well, I had them when I had them around me. Now, the sad part is I couldn't get them every single tournament. <laughs> so it only happened like once a year in the Romanian National Championship and stuff like that. But Usually having uh, a group of people that uh, are kind of well-accomplished chess players, for me, it was always pretty big driver. I can't name a single time where I had this sort of company and I played bad. That never happened to me. So, so do you um, think it was the preparation that they helped you with or was it just sort of it gave you confidence or, or both? I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's not really preparation, but you just feel like more confident. Um, yeah, so you hang out uh, with them. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I, just the kind of general vibe. And I guess I wasn't really that stressed as I would normally be seeing them not being stressed. Okay, strong players, they know what they're doing. Why would they be stressed? You hang out with weaker players, everybody's like, oh, maybe I don't know, I don't remember what I play, not sure what my guy is going to do. I mean, they're just chilling. Like, <laughs> they already studied their openings at home. They only need to check what if their opponent is doing this or that. And it's just like very easy prep for them. I noticed there's like a kind of a specific routine uh, before the game. They just have usually very little prep, more like casual walks, go for coffee, stuff like that, which is clearly very good for having a clear mind. So um, yeah, compared to, let's say, when I used to share a room with other juniors, uh, they would just be nonstop on their computer, like trying to reinvent the wheel in, uh, mm -hmm. let's say, the... Names of a chair, something like that. <laughs> so. And and Alex, of course, in your chessable courses, you're focusing on openings. You've got uh, anti-Sicilian toolkit. You've got uh, the London system course. Um, how did these guys working with with uh, Grandmaster Lupulescu and other uh, top Romanian GMs? How did they uh, inform your approach to openings? Well, it basically changed it like a hundred. 80 degrees. Actually, that's maybe not making a lot of sense. Maybe say 90 degrees. So it like really changed my approach because the way my theory used to look before, I would just have my chess base file or say whatever opening file you have, just have some moves that throw, throw them in there. While if you look at the opening files that they had, they were huge. Okay, When I was working with them, chessable was not a thing. There were not a lot of really important opening courses. Main, mainly people used to uh, work with chess books at that time. So talking like eight years ago, um, like let's say there's a lot of books coming from uh, Mihail Marin or uh, other books like Negi Pari Marian's series on E4 was a big thing back then. So uh, yeah, for them, it was a mix of uh, 
um, analyzing uh, the positions while having these uh, references with the with the books. But they would really go into detail. So if there is one thing that made a huge difference, they would know move orders, which I got to feed the master by never being really worried about like move orders. That was Wait, move order? What is that? I was it was hmm. a new concept to me. Uh, okay, I was mainly an I was playing uh, aggressive open uh, positions, which maybe didn't really matter that much to know move orders. But these guys knew everything in uh, important detail, and it's funny because you may be thinking, okay, move orders that's not important. I mean, that's just scratching the surface. It's like probably irrelevant. Well, these guys can win games easily just because they tricked somebody with a move order. So. Everything that you do, uh, I think below move 10, there's probably a lot of things that you think you understand, but you most likely don't because it's easy to overlook. So I can clearly say that. And uh, that's something that I'm trying to still get better at. <laughs> but there's always something to get better at. And so what? So it sounds like you learned some nuances and move orders with your openings. Um, and I'm sure you were analyzing games as you worked with uh, Grandmaster Lupulescu. Was there anything else you were doing in your lessons? Like, what what was the nature of a general lesson with uh, with him? Uh, well, when I was working with him, uh, it was a lot of uh, traveling and uh, doing game analysis. So uh, between, uh, like, let's say, uh, since I was 10, basically until uh, COVID, I used to travel like uh, once a month. So... Uh, Anytime it was something to analyze, like going over the games or uh, in, let's say, the later period, uh, it was um, since we weren't playing that much, I I got to a level after working with him for like a couple of years that I was even able to help him with some stuff. So he had this uh, World Cup matches facing very strong players. And, you know, I was obviously very happy to do some work uh, trying to help him with uh, some tasks too. So in general, it was game analysis, uh, openings, of course, uh, other interesting uh, middle games, uh from some of his games, but it was never really the focus to check out his games. And also he mentioned right from like our first lesson that he doesn't want uh, me to have him as an idol, as a player or something like that, obviously being very humble. So uh, I'm still definitely having him as one of my favorite players. But um, yeah, I, I would say he's just... Um, yeah, probably there's no secret whenever it comes to, to training. People, I think, tend to can, kind of overcomplicate uh, what they're doing. It's really just knowing your openings and knowing them really well um, and just taking your game to like a pretty insane uh, level when it comes to accuracy. So um, just have to do this process. That's like a whole grind. You know your openings, review your games, just exactly the classics. Yeah. And do you feel that that's the, and I know you do some teaching as well. So do you feel that even for like club level adults, it's still important to know your openings? Well, it definitely is, but you don't want to dive into the extremes because some people really overstudy things and treat just like it's a, it's a topic in school, just kind of like a research uh, purpose. But uh, chess is more of like trying to play an instrument, so I don't know about like how you need to train for playing the violin, but I guess watching somebody play the violin won't really make you play it better. So right, 
<laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. That might actually be the way to do it, but I haven't researched. No, that's funny. No, and I've also heard the same, a similar analogy with swimming. Like if you're going to learn how to swim, you don't read a book about it. I mean, you might once, you know, but sooner or later, you just have to, to get in the pool. Um, For sure. Yes. <laughs> and just a couple more topics to hit, Alex. Number one, um, of course, uh, Constantine, you, you mentioned the best Romanian player of all time, but uh, Romania has two new recruits this year. You've got uh, Grandmaster Richard Rapport and Grandmaster Kirill Shevchenko from Ukraine joining the team. So I'm sure you're a player, but um, as someone who's one of the, the better players in your country, is that exciting for you? Uh, well, it definitely is. I mean, I'm not like really keeping in touch with the Romanian Federation and with uh, other players really, but from this perspective, it's making the Romanian team way better. But on the other hand, kind of makes it tough for the other, you know, Romanian yeah. guys. So it's kind of sad for them, I would say. But uh, overall, the federation is doing way better than uh, it was uh, when when I was a kid. So I'm happy to see that. And hopefully some of the young talents uh, get to benefit from that. Um yeah, we deal with those questions a lot here in the U.S. as new talent gets brought in and it kind of pushes people like uh, Jeffrey Zhang and Sam Shanklin, who are homegrown, down a little bit. It's definitely a double-edged sword, even though you're happy for the players that came. And obviously, in the case of uh, Grandmaster Shevchenko coming from Ukraine, um, he you know he needed a, a safe place to be able to represent. So, um, yeah, it's uh, these these are tricky issues. But bringing it back to your own work, Alex. Um, so you've got a bunch of chess courses already at just twenty two years of age. Dare I ask if you have uh, any others that you're working on? Uh, yes, I'm actually working uh, on a Karo Khan course. So uh, that is uh, probably gonna be my. Uh, uh, okay, similar to the London course, one of my biggest projects uh, so far. So I'm working on that while also doing the YouTube grind. So that's kind of uh, my focus right now. You mentioned I'm a Twitch streamer. I'm actually not streaming that much recently. At least I'm just trying to focus more on um, making the videos. And uh, it's kind of like a different job of being a YouTuber compared to a streamer. You need to like really research titles and thumbnails and uh, that's like a lot of creative work which is not easy to do i mean it, it, it's rough but i'm not complaining so i'm really enjoying what i'm doing <laughs> yeah i saw you're you're at about 30k subs which is quite good but yeah i mean there's just there's so many great chess youtubers that it's it's just like chess it's its own competitive ecosystem but um but alex i mean you're you're a young man and i've gotten many messages saying to that there there are fans of yours out there so uh, i think i think you're figuring some things out <laughs> well that's very nice of you to say uh, i mean i had Pretty decent growth. Like last month, I grew uh, like 11k subs. Uh, so that's kind of half of my channel already. So 20k plus uh, 10k. So very happy for that. I mean, kind of like uh, in my chess career, the first uh, two, two, three years were like really rough. But then you start to think, figure out some things naturally. So uh, yeah, so far it kind of translated in like a pretty similar way. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that that that's I think a good note to end on. Good. Um clarifying advice there for dealing with slumps whether it be with uh with chess or anything else in life um so alex i think people know they can find you on chessable new course might even be out by the time this interview comes out uh your youtube channel uh you're on twitter any other social media that people should check for 
I think that's all. Just check the YouTube. That's all it matters. Oh, <laughs> excellent. All right. Well, Alex, thanks a lot. Been fun chatting about uh, the impact that Grandmaster Constantine Lupulescu, the lessons that he has taught you, and fun getting to know you a bit. Thanks a lot for that, Ben. Okay. Take care. <laughs>